You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't remember. I have a, I just have a couple like so that's it. But we well, my should... thoughts are so brilliant. I didn't want you to miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might we might as well get started. So we're we're still doing the Zoom, you know, COVID edition style of podcasting here with uh, pints and provisions. Evan here, Ryan here, and we're welcoming Charlie of Records Beer. Uh, his tag on Instagram, but uh, Charles has been down to hang out with us at former in-person gatherings and bottle shares at the uh, Ryan Abbott uh, Abernathy Tail uh, Ale House, right? That's right. I think Charlie named it that. <laughs> oh, I haven't been to the new. I haven't been to the new uh, version, unfortunately, but the uh, former Abernathy Ale House. Yeah. Yeah. So Soon. welcome soon enough yeah yeah thanks guys i'm mostly just happy to hang out with the people so thank you <laughs> socialization <laughs> <Us> too <laughs> is good is good well we often start with best beers of the week and i don't want to hesitate and uh let charles start first so go ahead and let us know something fun special great um memorable in the last week well, I'm, I it was so good. I went back and got another one. I'm actually drinking it right now. It is Deeth Weaver from Revolution uh, Brewing here in Chicago. Uh, draft only. They, they are open limited hours on weekends, but they are filling crowlers of it to, to go. And that's what I have. It is a micro blend of a few what they call money barrels, some really special barrels of the uh, of their Deep Star beer that they set to the side. And they blended a few of the sweet component, as they call it, the sweeter version that they use in the general blend. Um, and it's kind of like fudge brownie, macaroon, decadence. It is not uh, for the faint of heart or, you know, <laughs> maybe a lot of tr- traditionalists wouldn't love it, but uh, it's right up my alley. And I, I loved it so much I had to get it again before it goes. Nice. So they call they call them bunny barrels. Is that something they've used? They do. <laughs> I love uh, it. In fact, I, uh, I don't I don't know if that's common around the industry or if that's a comes from bourbon or wine or something, but that's just terrific. I know Revolution does it, and in fact, I, they had a picture of their draft list when they reopened uh, this last weekend, and it, they didn't have the name of it. It just said uh, D Star Money Barrel <laughs> was awesome. the name of the beer. That's nice. true. Yeah. So that's that's non-adjunct and just blended, and they're getting all those flavors out of the blending of the barrels. Absolutely, awesome. Uh, no, nothing added added at all. But they use sweeter, you know. Uh, they they do different kinds of deep star bases for blending, and then putting in different types of barrels. And this happened to be a. They took a few of the sweeter ones that uh, were, you know, notable to them for whatever reason, and blended them and it's it's really something special it's like the revolution brewing store pick you know yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> right all right Ryan. mine is um so i i was in colorado um for a couple of days last week skiing and i was fortunate enough to travel with some uh some vaccinated gentlemen which which made it uh much safer which was nice um, but a restaurant we went to uh, had they 
they had a lot of local beers on draft. And so I asked them for a beer menu. They said, oh, we don't keep that because we change them all the time. But he kind of read them all off and they got a, a tap handle. I said, so is that one just, there's nothing on draft or whatever? And he's like, yeah, he said, um, he's like, but I can go look and figure out what it is if you want. And he comes back and he said, it's called Blind Pig by a place in California. I think it's something River Brewing. Or something. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, Russian River? And he said, yeah. And I said, um, I will have one of those. And he was like, it's $11 for a pint, just so you know. That kind of scares some people off. And I said, no problem. I'll have like, two. I don't care. <laughs> Pour me another three. one. <laughs> it was great. I've never had it on draft, obviously. Um, had Pliny the Elder a few times on draft when I was up in that area a couple of years ago, but uh, never blind pig. And it was um, so other than that, it was, you know, a little bit more on the wine and bourbon drinking side of things, but um, not a ton of beer, but that was just a highlight and just kind of sitting there after a day of skiing that on draft was just terrific. Yeah. I bet that hit the spot. Did either so, of you score uh, Pliny the Younger when it uh, got bottled? We did. Ryan was posted on Instagram about a week ago. That was about a week ago. You came over, we split that bottle and it, 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 it lives up to expectations. I think. Yeah, I agree. Nice. It's fun, but, um, it's, uh, it's what you'd expect out of a well-done 11% triple IPA. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Um, I, I always love monkish IPAs. And, you know, sometimes they don't stray too far uh, away from, you know, kind of the middle. You know, there's always this regression of the mean when you start dry, double dry hopping. But I kind of laughed because I set Ryan... Because I think you got this uh, for us, but it was called Glamoro. It was formerly Glamour, Glitters, and Gold. Yep. And I was like, holy cow, this is like fresh. It hits all these tons of notes. I wonder what they use. And I looked at it's just a double dry hop citra, just all citra. <laughs> I was, was kind of, I kind of laughed and thought maybe there was going to be something more unique. And, but that just goes to show you, you know, as, as, as you can still get good citra, boy, does it just kind of layer on the complexity, even though you're just double dry hopping it with one of the most popular utilized hops in, in beer today. But it was, I mean, I taste, I was just like, for a monkish beer even, I was like, wow, this is, it just, it's perfect. They always, they always, I think just nail double dry hop, double IPAs. Yeah. So, yeah, the best. Um, boy, I'm stunned. I thought you guys were gonna regale me with two uh, traditional pilsners. Uh, you know, nothing fancy. I'm uh, good to know you're still drinking uh, hype, <laughs> hype beast crap like I am. It's, well, as Ryan always says, just like one monkish a week like that is, or you know, something like that. Just it, it, that's all you kind of want and need, and it's there, and it hits it hits the spot. Yeah, we split an eight pack every couple of weeks. It's always super fresh and we get a pretty good price on it. And it's just like, yeah, by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's just like hits a spot um, to have, you know, one, even just one a week or maybe two a week of those. And I, I do think that they're on their tier of their own at this point in the, you know, the, the at least the 8% style you know double double ipa like they just double ipa double dry hops double ipa whatever you want to call it um yeah. i think it's i think they're in a league of their own and it's uh it's fun to be able to keep drinking that stuff yep you know evan you mentioned uh getting good citra i keep reading people on the interweb say that galaxy sucks now like the, the like the last few years you can't get a good galaxy hop do you guys hear that do you experience that um personally the last the the last galaxy that i used to brew a beer which is probably just shy of a year ago um it's been a while since i brewed something like that heavy with hops i used australian galaxy and apparently mm -hmm. that still is holding up pretty good but again that was you know maybe that that year's and not this year's crop so i don't i don't know i hear that nelson is going to start becoming a lot more 
readily available to brewers. You're probably going to see, and it's actually really good Nelson coming around mm. and it's going to be cheaper for them to use. And it's a great, you know, kind of grapey wine, like, you know, hop that I think everyone tends to like, but yeah, I don't, I haven't heard that specifically. Um, the local brewery has, I haven't seen as many, you know, IPAs, double IPAs come out of them. So I, I wonder too, that, you know, there's some breweries that probably just can't get it as easily anyway, because maybe COVID has hit them pretty hard. Um, but you don't know what happens with the crops. I mean, I think you're going to see things always kind of change, but citrus just always, it's the most number one hop used in everything. We could call it a money hop. <laughs> yeah, money <laughs> hop. You know, and that's why I was so glad, you know, and we talked about this one other time, Ryan, in our text group about, you know, um, double dry hop King Sue, of, of course, is just all citra. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Gosh, is that a good beer? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah, I, for Galaxy, I don't think, again, I probably only had mostly on the monkish side of things. So, you know, one, if something was wrong with it, they would find a way to uh, use less of it or, or, or whatever, you know, they would, they would make sure it didn't impact the beer one way or another, I feel like. Uh, but I'll need to seek out, you know, the, I think the biggest showcase of the Galaxy Hop for me is um, the double dry hopped uh, four, it? with double dry hop galaxy four point uh, trillium. trillium. So I, you know, I, I got trillium stuff maybe once or twice last year. Um, but it was certainly not that one. I got the double dry hop four point, just the regular one. And then maybe one other. So maybe I'll just need to seek that out and check it out. But I should have mentioned, I heard this from idiots on beer advocate who don't know anything. It's yeah. one of my favorite. I mean, <laughs> honestly, for as much as everyone likes, Citra, I would also, I would probably say Galaxy is probably my favorite hop. So I really like Galaxy. Really like what not... comes through, and at least from what I noticed from Monkish, when they have Galaxy on it, it's, it seems pretty consistent. I'm just not seeing it as much uh, locally here. People just aren't using it, so it may be yeah. harder to get, maybe a lower yield. I, you know, I don't know, but no, I, I think all that stuff probably is very true. Um, speaking of new hops, <clears throat> my uh, brewer friend down in St. Louis, who is a much better brewer than I am, he finally sent me, he now has the capability of doing lagers. And speaking of lagers, he sent me a bottle and I just got it today. So I was like, oh, all right. I was like, scrap everything else that I had planned. Um, he goes, you have to try the Adina pill. So Adina is a new kind of like floral hop variety that's used really good in low ABV beers. Um, and this is, it's very good. So he made a Pilsner, dry hopped it with some Medina and it's, it's great. I, I, I'm very glad that I have this whole bottle to myself. Awesome. When are you going to start making lager, Evan? If I had a glycol chiller, I could do it, but he has a glycol chiller now. So, um, yeah, he, he has the capability of keeping it low without going through, thousands of pounds of ice, I guess, or breaking his freezer. <laughs> yeah, right. um, no, and he says he loves it. Now he just like, he kind of just makes nothing but lagers now, which he, he sent me a, a Czech dark lager that he made. So I'll get to have that later. Um, I guess next time someone asks me, what do you get the guy who has everything? I'm going to say a glycol chili. Yeah, because now homebrewing systems can have glycol chillers. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, well, he's he's the um, eternal hobbyist. Like, yeah, there's there's no hobby left un untapped for for this friend of mine. And uh, thankfully, he continues to brew and does a damn good job at it. Um, nice. Well, we might as well talk a little bit about music. I said have like. You know, what are you currently listening to kind of thing? Just because we know that you're an aficionado or or at least an enthusiast of music, vinyl as well. So um, I feel like Ryan's just going to name some specific fish show. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with something. Specific, a specific song, like a moment in a song from a show. He's like, actually, Trey's slightly out of tune here, but if you listen to Mike Gordon. 1743. Mike Gordon goes off. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, no, well, my jam right now uh, is uh, Grateful Dead Europe '72. Oh yeah. Go to oh. um, when I when it comes up on the uh, queue. I usually uh, will listen to it probably twice, but I'll probably listen to the China Cat. I know you write her about seven. Times I like that. Twice. Uh, I do like that. It's just uh, a great that that whole the whole thing from start to finish is just a great album. So that's kind of where I'm at these days. And I was glad to see Charlie posted, uh, of course, beautiful can that goes with the Grateful Dead album on the gram the other day. Um, three from the vault. Oh, this old thing? Terrific <laughs> album. It, it just kind of got me thinking. I was like, all right, it's time for Europe 72. Well, oh. that, that album I just showed was I treated myself the other day. I traded in a bunch of records to a local record store and had a bunch of credit. And they had a that beautiful four LP show from 1971. Uh, I think it's Port Chester, New York. Um, it's uh, right around the time of the American Beauty, Working Man's Dead era. That's uh, just a lot of classic songs. I think there's three songs that made their debut on this show, like eight songs that they're playing for the second time only. And uh, fantastic recording quality, which, you know, for Live Dead isn't always the case. They actually like professionally recorded it uh, on purpose back then. And it uh, came, it's called Three from the Vault. Couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, it's expensive. It was like a hundred bucks, but uh, I decided to treat myself on that. Original press. Yeah, well, it's it, it never came out back in the day. It just, and in fact, it was supposed to come out in CD in like the 90s, I think. And it, for whatever reason, it never did. But they had this recording and they mastered it. And finally, in the in the vinyl era, someone's like, uh, we shouldn't sit on this. Let's put wow. it out. And wow. I didn't know that was the background on that. I thought it had been out. Um, I think they did do a CD at some point, but. Well, they did one from the vault and they did two from the vault. Well, they never and did This three. was supposed to be three. And I think in 2015, they finally put it out on vinyl. And this is technically the second awesome. pressing where they put it out uh, again, because the, 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 I mean, it's just a phenomenal show yeah. um, for, for Deadheads. And just one last thing, because I can't just do one. Bill Withers. Uh, Bill Withers, I awesome. This, I mean, just front to back, stunning soul music. Is Use uh, Me on that? Ain't no sunshines on here. Oh, Use me oh, up. Wow. <laughs> Grandma's hands. Um, it's just, just a classic. So that's that's what's been blowing my mind this week. Evan, what you got? Um, so I, I I I fully appreciate you know music from classic eras and classic, but I'm I'm more of I'm always listening for something new. Um, I had a buddy of mine down in Texas, and this is a Texas band. Turned me on to Croon Bin. If you've ever heard of Croon Bin, I don't think um, so. Oh yeah, I have. Is it with a K, right? Yeah, it's it. It looks yeah. like it says Kerrang Bin. Yes, <laughs> and that's and why I didn't recognize it. <laughs> it. I think it's. I think I'm pronouncing it right. I'm probably wrong, but it's a trio: um, female bass player, male, you know, guitar player, and then a drummer. And it's just kind of very. I think they called it like like Malaysian soul pop. I mean, it's just, sometimes you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but it just always has this like smooth beat, like very minimal, you know, drum playing, smooth bass, minimal lyrics, just kind of some weird guitar riff stuff. But it, it's just like, I can put it on the background and I just find myself, yeah, I, I always can turn it on. And there's a really, there's a really good song called Evan Finds the Third Room. It's kind of, <laughs> It's got a really good uh, driving bass that is very funky, and I just love it. It's it's kind of what I've been into lately, but I'm always kind of finding new stuff. So as I'm sure that you would cringe, I'm always like, what's at my fingertips? What's on, you know, a, you know digital? And so I've got a pretty pretty robust digital. I am v woefully terrible at like records, tapes, CDs, that kind of stuff. I just... I don't know. I, I probably have enough beer downstairs that if I have records or tapes or CDs to the degree, my wife might kick me out. <laughs> so, I, but, I have heard some of their stuff, and it's uh, it's hard to describe. It's really unique, and uh, I do I I like that. That's Mongolian top is very intriguing. <laughs> from Texas. 
<laughs> yeah, they're yeah they're from Texas and yeah it just they look like a weird trio, uh, but they're they're very good to listen to. So, um, would are we going to talk about Phase Three? Is that what we wanted to talk about? Or Chicago? Ryan, you seem, to, you, you seem to have something specific to ask him about Phase Three because. I was just curious because I think Charlie, you're a member of their barrel program and you get all those releases and uh, how, how that was going for them and what you know about phase three and cause what they opened three months before COVID hit, maybe six. So they probably have only had releases during the, the COVID times. And so I kind of, you see it on the shelf, but it's hard to tell like without people really going out in public and stuff like you know, with, with Sean, you have to assume they're killing it. Like you just never know. And um, the Unoya series is just phenomenal, um, the ones that I've had. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are and take on all that. Ryan, I am an ambassador. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you know what the name was? I didn't want to insult you and call it a, uh, a coterie or something like that. Ambassador is much, much better. Uh, the Propitiator's Firestone's Walkings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, uh, yeah, so they took over uh, a brewery called Lake Zurich Brewing. They were contract brewing out of Lake Zurich Brewing. Uh, by all accounts, Lake Zurich Brewing was not good. Um, I, not that I've ever had their beer, but uh, they basically just took over the space when Lake Zurich went out of business. Um, and yeah, it was right around the COVID time. Um, so they've been open intermittently. They are open now. They have a limited outdoor space. They have a tap room that they watch the numbers uh, very closely. I haven't uh, uh, been in just because I'm uh, a, a COVID coward, as my, as, uh, my dad called me once. But um, yes, the barrel-aged uh, Unoyas are incredible. Uh, it's the only beer club I've ever been a part of. Um, it's definitely worth it for these beers. The, the best part about it is you get, you don't only, you get like, I think it's eight, barrel aged stouts the you know is a year and it's two of each so you get you know you get four beers but two of each which is nice because you can share with different people you can trade if you want i'm not smart enough to trade with people but um you also get first dibs on all their other special beer so you know when they they did uh you know minutia which is a non-adjunct barrel aged beer you get the email before it hits to the public and these beers, they're either a lottery or first come, first serve, and they go instantly if that's the case. So how many minutia uh, did you get? Two. No, I think one. You only got one. And that's one I had to pay for. Um, but uh, a buddy of mine, Ed, who you've met, Ryan, uh, is also a member. So, you know, we split stuff between like, all right, we'll share these with each other, or I'm gonna share this with these people, you hold that for me, and vice versa. So yeah. um, his his stouts are impeccable. Uh, he does a series called Pressed, which is porters, which I would probably call stouts because they're like 12% and have that magical mouthfeel. Um, and he's doing his first barrel-aged Pressed. Uh, I just bought it this week and got first dibs on it. The IPAs are very good. Um, he does. He's going to do a barrel-aged barley wine this year, which I'm very excited about. I'd love to see him do, you know, because he's such a good... A, a beer maker i'd love to see him try more wild ales maybe do a lambic start on a start on a goose project um but yeah um it's worth the hype well you know i see him i'll check my beer collectibles sometimes and they, they go for crazy prices i don't know if any beer is worth 300 400 but uh for traders absolutely worth uh trying to acquire that stuff and i think they're killing it like he's he's got a loyal audience um you can go to the pub, but they do curbside. If anything's holding them back, it's there at Lake Zurich, which uh, is basically Wisconsin. You know, if you live in Chicago, it's way up there. But um, yeah, that's a they're they're killing it. One of, one of the breweries that are probably doing better than most in uh, this era. I, so, I go ahead, Evan. Well, I recently got a. There was a fundraiser for the local children's museum and one of the packages was a phase three package it had like a tote bag 
and they did a four pack of you know mixed beers that's where i got the i mean we can get it at the shelf but p3 pixel density um there was a couple other ipas which i've had already but i did get a batch four unoya in it oh wow as well um, is that the maple I yeah, think it's maple or cinnamon. Yeah. Maple. Uh, crap. I can't remember. Is, is it the green wax? Green. Is the, green. Is the maple. It, I'm not a big maple fan in beer. I think it can be overdone. By far the best maple stout I've ever had. Um, and again, I don't like maple in beer that much. So maybe that means it's not that great, but it, I was blown away by that one. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I knew that the barrel aged ones were really good. So I went after that one, you know, cause it's for the kids. It's a donation, you know, it's raising money for the kids. So um, yeah, I'm excited to have that and try that. Got a couple glasses and other swag, but it was a nice little package that they did. I wonder, obviously if somebody that donated it might've been a part of the ambassador group, or maybe they just got it when they went, Oh, and I have a $25 gift card with it too, which I'm now going to have to find a very, um, I have to find a reason to get up there now. <clears throat> well, I think Sean's pretty philanthropic also. Uh, a guy from Revolution does a charity for a children's hospital here in Chicago. And uh, Sean offered a mammoth package of beers and personalized tasting via Zoom with Sean. Oh, nice. Um, and cool. all the money that it raised, uh, Sean not only matched the money he doubled it so whatever his his thing went for which was a ton of money he donated twice that much himself to the children's hospital so uh if you're looking for good dudes in beer i think sean burns is probably i don't know him personally but he seems like a good dude in the beer scene and that'll get you and keep you that that big following that you mentioned earlier i mean people here makes you feel good about you know signing back up every year yeah, yeah, the beer's great, but I, I that's a business I want to support. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Charlie, you know about a beer club I was in that uh, <laughs> did not go the same direction and we won't mention their name, but it's I don't buy their stuff anymore because of how that went down. Yeah. And uh yeah. I even had a friend say <laughs> say he was thinking about bringing one of these new barrel-aged beers over one time and he mentioned the name and I said, "Nope, you're good. Like, you don't need to drink that." <laughs> I don't know uh, if you guys follow uh, Worst Beer Blog yes. on uh, yeah. Instagram or Twitter. There's so many bad people in beer. It's nice to uh, yeah. see that there's good people in beer, too. Yeah, for sure. So, so Charlie, so are you a uh, second-year ambassador officially then? Second year, rejoined. No questions asked. Uh, we'll join again next year. I, I think oh. the retention rate was like 99%, they said. Um, that's a good sign you know no, almost no new spots opened up so basically um, if you were in the first year then you first is on it second year yeah yes okay and it's funny i'm so glad that i have no life because i think they announced it uh you know originally on like a saturday night on twitter or instagram and of course i was doing nothing so i was lucky enough to sign right up <laughs> so that's how you <laughs> got then, in uh, yeah first like first come first serve on twitter yeah Oh wow! And, uh, wow! Yeah, and it filled up. Well, I think. Year, that will night. it be Unoya five, six, seven, eight? Is that the plan, or is is that barely barley wine a part of it, or is I it... think the barley wine might be a part of it. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I I'm I'm just he announced that there was. You know, it, it, I think it may still be up in the air because he just figures it out as it goes along. Like he. I asked what the last Unoya was going to be when I picked up batch three and they're like, eh, he's still thinking about it. He's still working on it. And he's still, you know, he's, he likes to play in the lab. He's probably a lot like the, the side project guy, you know, one of oh, yeah. those kind of mad geniuses who knows, has a vision and doesn't, doesn't uh, necessarily plan out too far in advance, kind of follows their own whims. So. But not one of those ambassador members are worried that they won't be satisfied without knowing what they're getting for those those four beers that they get to each of absolutely even when i see the the stuff in them is you know they they did a peanut butter one they did one with cinnamon they, those aren't ingredients i i usually like and a maple and i mean that maple beer is one of the you know it's a top 20 beer i've ever had i think oh wow in my life wow. like with an ingredient that i tech i usually don't love in, in a stout so what um, about the pink yeah. one 
vanilla? It was excellent. I mean, I would say as good as, you know, the vaunted vanilla Hanji. Like, I think it's on that level. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, you know, I had a socially distanced, very cold backyard share recently where we split one. And oh, man, so good. But I'm, I'm just blown away. I like the maple more. Like, that's that's what is, oh, wow. is, is that that one that Evan has. Um, I, I'm going to hype it up so much that Evan's definitely not going to like it. But No, I, I like maple a lot, so <laughs> I think we'll be yeah, so fine. <laughs> like, so, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see see where it goes. And especially as he, you know, I wonder if he's holding barrels back to to do extended barrel age stuff or blends like the revolution stuff where, it, you know, you get into almost like the, the Lambic goose style of, you know, that, that that blending is an art unto itself. So. Um, oh gosh can't wait to see where it goes yeah very cool well, it's awesome we, we have to say happy saint patrick's day because we decided to do this on saint patrick's day which will not air on saint patrick's day but um i have been quite surprised drinking today. from a with a green label that's all i could drink. um <laughs> i don't have any irish beer <laughs> i had a guinness earlier and you know, I bought that six or I was like eight pack of the widget cans. And I was like, you know, I know Aaron's going to use it to cook some. We did some corned beef stuff with it and you know, use it to cook with. It's always a great beer to cook with. But man, having one of those pints actually is is really fun. It's really fun. It's smooth. It's creamy. It's roasty. It goes down easy. Um it's fun to have the nitro. It's fun to watch the cascading, but you know, it's, it's still always a great beer. You know, I always say it's kind of like corned beef and, and cabbage. It's I'll have it once a year and love it. And then I'm usually probably good until the next year. Yeah. We actually had a uh, Irish feast in the office today. We, I, we have a very sparsely populated office and somebody brought in corned beef, cabbage, some rutabaga potatoes, and that stuff and um yeah i gotta say i'm almost certain that cabbage is made of farts entirely i just can't not even once a year not even once but uh <laughs> yeah, it is a fun and you know i i really think guinness nails that the widget can it does exactly oh, what it's supposed to do it uh it's just such the mouthfeel is so nice and creamy and silky but light it's not you know yeah they 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 figured that out, man. And no yeah, nobody else does that. Any like, did they? Did, I wonder, did they patent that, or is just nobody smart enough to figure that out? Yeah, because there's a lot of you know oatmeal stouts that I and things like that here in America that I think would benefit from that. You I know, was thinking about like the what? Um, well, left hand always makes that nitro milk stout. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but then like I think um, dragon's milk up in. Uh, Holland, Michigan, New yeah. Holland has, but nobody does a widget can. Yeah. It may be a copyright thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it, it is fun. About, so I have to check it when I go to the store in a couple of days. Oh, there'll, there'll still be plenty. And you know, it's, it, they come in these nice big, what, like 16 ounce cans or something. And they're, oh, yeah. they're very nice. Although I was noticing there seemed to be quite a few bars here in Peoria, just, doing St. Patrick's Day as usual. Yeah, I, well, I uh, I rode through Wrigleyville on my bike uh, when the weather was nice a couple weeks ago, and it looked like St. Patrick's Day then on a random day in uh, late February. So, yeah, um, it's, it, you know, St. Patrick's Day is not a holiday for me, even though my background is predominantly Irish. But as, as Abbott and I have had a few forceful discussions about, I'm not a fan of day drinking. And I'm not a fan, uh, and we agree on this, I'm not a fan of crowded bars. So this is one holiday I I wouldn't mind seeing. And, and I hate cabbage. So I say we just call it. Let's, let's yeah, just do away with St. Patrick's Day. And I say I'm that good. with no hatred in my heart to the Irish people who, without whom I would not exist. Oh, yeah. Because for them, this is not just a social holiday. This is a religious holiday. Literally, I believe it. No, it is the, the Christianity coming to Ireland. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, which I looked up today. It's the it's the feast day of Saint Patrick, and yeah. 
two years ago when we went, um, I think it was two years ago, St. Patrick's Day was on a Sunday. So my family and I, we went down to the cathedral here. We went to mass. They had a relic of St. Patrick there to celebrate mass on St. Patrick's Day. Afterwards, we went down and had beer and watched the parade. God, it was one of the best, you know, St. Patrick's Day with the family that we'd ever had. It didn't go to one crowded, you know, out of, out of control bar that was just doing sh- uh, car bombs and crap like that. But we were able to do St. Patrick's Day, which probably most, you know, Irish do is probably yeah. went to church and then drank a lot. Yeah. How inappropriate is it on a holiday celebrating Ireland to drink Irish car bombs, by the way? That's that's frankly inappropriate. That's just <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> let's let's pick out, you know, like a negative aspect of Irish culture and <laughs> and do a lot of them. Yeah. In the next yeah. 20 years. Which will also be, wreck my day. <laughs> that'll be offensive and it'll be taken away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'll call them like irish celebratory bombs or something yeah Maybe i'm getting soft uh, i think that's i prefer it <laughs> <laughs> I, I landed from colorado on saturday at about nine o'clock p.m and uh you know colorado's strict the town we were in was strict um getting on a ski lift in the outdoors got to wear a mask they had a, an employee enforcing it very strictly um bars 25% super social distance or whatever. And then even walking around outside, you had to wear a mask. So it was like, you know, for four days um, and I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I'm good with it. So it was just, you know, became uh, the new norm and I'm never in public in, in town here. So it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever to go out in public a little bit, it's fine. And then I come driving, uh, driving home and pass a very popular bar that has an outdoor beer garden in Peoria and, it was packed, no masks, people going in and out of the door, no masks, no concerns. And I was just like, oh, back home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shouldn't be laughing because it's not a good thing, but it's just uh, well, it's just interesting. So strange times. We, yeah. we certainly I didn't I thought my life would be kind of boring. And uh, it turns out it wasn't. And I man, it was so much better boring. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's been nice to get back to some of the restaurants, you know, just with like small group of friends to support some of the restaurants that we always truly love and, um, you know, that, that still do it right. You know, they're following every safety measure and that's, that's who I want to continue to support and who I want to see still thrive after this is all said and done. So, but yeah, beer drinking still hasn't stopped. No. No, no, no. And it's nice, you know, because as we talk about phase three, we can get phase three cans so easy at the local binnies where, and that P3 uh, pills is wonderful. You know, is it really? It's, it's very good. I've had it. I I liked it, but I'm no judge. I'm a hype boy uh, phase, uh, haze face. So I don't know, but um, I found it kind of bready. Uh, enjoyably bready and uh, it wasn't super light but easy to drink and i always wonder you know do they do a good pilsner well i know that matters to a lot of smarter beer people than myself <laughs> i think they did it great it doesn't matter a ton yeah. to me i think i yeah i think they knock it out of the park it's a really nice one yeah also get dovetail we can't uh, talk about chicago pilsners dovetail they really crush it so it's really nice that we get that does that come to Benny's down there? We get the Kolsch, the Vienna. Hellas. The other one. And the Hellas. Yeah. Oh, I love the Hellas. That Hellas is, is killer. Yeah. I've never had a bad beer from them. Uh, they do a nice Rausch beer, which is one of my favorite German styles. And uh, I've heard that their latest batch of their cool ship uh, Lambic Goose stuff has been great. Uh, I haven't had a chance to pick any up. I bet I bet it's down at bottles and cans. I need to, to pick some up. But um, and super cool people. Everyone that you know, it, it's a tiny space and it's been closed unfortunately. But a super cool tap room there, and uh, definitely. And, and they're shipping now um, to to your your vast audience here. You can go to Dovetail's website if you like traditional styles of beer, and they are shipping 
uh, across the U.S. now. Yeah, that's so. how I got. I did get one of their uh, lambic style <clears throat> spontaneous beers. Um, I think I drank that. Yeah, a month ago or something. Very good. Um, but for me, your door, Evan. So I went through that website called Bev B E V V. And it shipped direct, it shipped from Dovetail. So I think they work with the breweries. And yeah. I basically ordered all Dovetail stuff. So when I got like, oh, their Czech dark style um, was, uh, that was just, I love, I love that. Yeah. That's the one I got a bunch of. And I split between a bunch of us down here because I knew you guys would all want some too. Um, so BEVV, yeah. it's, it's not like a membership thing. You can just order when you want and order when you don't. Uh, this that's is dangerous. How I, They've got a Dunkel lager on here. The Dunkel's, the Dunkel's fine. I I like the Hellas and the Czech style dark better. Um, I was able to get some Allagash White off of that website too, which is a very very lovely beer. Um, but let's talk Goldfinger. I want some Goldfinger lager from Chicago. All right. I continue to hear. I just heard about them. I just heard about them. I have not had a single beer of theirs. I don't know where to buy it. I saw it on the uh, the Midwest for or the Great Lakes Forum on uh, Beer Advocate. And Talking uh, about how I, good I, the lagers they're making. Yeah, that you know they're apparently I pick I think a very small, very new brewery. Um, I think you may have to go there, uh, and I don't think they're in the city. I think it's a, a suburb. It's in but, uh, uh, Downers Grove. They do. Okay distribution so you might be able to find their oh and their original lager you might be able to find those in your store um and they are making great stuff you know before we move on i want uh your audience to note that evan kind of quietly shit on the dovetail dunkel like he like <laughs> he he came up right. he and he's like yeah that exists yeah, i was just totally adding exists. it to the cart and <laughs> totally did uh, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I uh, I think I was try, I was trying to compare it to some of their other bloggers and I just liked all of those better. Um, Noted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not shitting on Dovetail. <laughs> no. You're, 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 no. Dovetail I mean, is high quality. There, there has to be one that is less good than all the rest of them. A mother so. has a favorite child. You know, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> we, we can't avoid this stuff, but I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like it got steamrolled. And uh, I was you know, hoping you would gloss over that. <laughs> yeah, my 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 first and last appearance on the Pints and Provisions podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Call I, out a host. I saw that Goldfinger kind of does a slow pour pills like Beerstad does. They're like, yeah. order one, but order another beer while you let this one pour. Very strict on yeah. how, uh, how they time it. And yeah. They they do a nice job, Charlie. If you I know you you don't love the loggers, but if you do see uh, see their stuff, I would I would buy it. Um, they do a nice job. Now a slow logger I can't get in a can, right? That's a draft only kind of thing. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I mean, Technically. yeah, they they do can that logger, so you just pour it really fast in your can for half of the can. <laughs> wait for five minutes, pour the rest, and kind of get the same experience. Well, keep an eye. I mean, I don't know if they're binnies big, but certainly, you know, there's boutique shops that I go to that would want to carry that stuff. So I will absolutely keep your local out. bodega. Yeah, exactly. Evan, I can get some uh, Goldfinger probably next week. So yeah, lager me up. Let's lager hard. I'll text my uh, Downers Grove connection right now, who uh, is likely going to be in Peoria in nine days. Wow. No, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that because I've kind of followed them on Instagram now. And after talking to the last guest we had, Mike Zoller, who does blogging up there. And then you had brought me that Crowler. Cause did you go there, Ryan? Yep. I went there. And that the was uh, a hoppy, a hoppy, hoppy pill collab with hot butcher. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Not quite as good out of the crawler, I will say, but um, yeah, it was it was really really good. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. We need more of that in our life. 
Um, you, Charles, you really have a thing for fruited lambics, right? <laughs> if if you mean a thing, as in, I think that thing shouldn't exist. An aversion to and yes, yes. I had mentioned to Ryan randomly on our little text that. Um, I don't know. I, I came around on Lambics in the last four or five years. Actually, my entryway was from America, so not actually a Lambic. The uh, Allagash Resurgum or Resurgum uh, beers. Um, but I, I really think that the Lambic and the Goose style is best served with no additives, and I mean specifically no fruit. And I, I am a fan of fruit beer. Uh, in general, I'll have a soft parade any day of the week, uh, but the that lambic art and especially the goose art uh, is such a complex, delicate thing. With uh, you know, there's the funk, there's some acidity, there's some sweetness, there's uh, the the oak, there's all the or, you know, wood, whatever, and it's such a an alchemy, a brewer's art. And I think when you add fruit, even, even the greats, Cantillon, 3F, as I colloquially call them, colloquially call them um, the crawlers hitting guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. It, with the fruit, it feels like, like putting a neon sign in a cathedral or something. Like it just ramps up the acidity. And in a way, I, I just feel like it turns what is a subtle, amazing art and turns it up to 10. And, and, and I don't taste all of that crazy stuff that I did without the fruit. So for me, I was telling Abbott, I, I 10 times out of 10, I will have a non-fruited lambic over a fruited or wild ale. Um, I don't know. Let me ask you guys this. If you, for the rest of your life, could only have fruited lambics or wilds and not not just one fruit any fruit or non-fruited that was your only choices moving forward what what would you choose i probably would choose non-fruited i would because okay. i like you know the the yeah, you, you, the, there's the complexity. No two beers are alike. No two breweries make the same goose. No two, but you're right. Once you add peaches or nectarines to it, then it's all just a nectarine beer. And I truly do like Fufun is wonderful. It's beautiful. Uh, Lou Pepe is amazing. But you might get a little, I, I don't know. There's the sweet tooth. It's like I, I do get turned off of sweet, sweet, sweet. That's why I probably most recently have turned a lot more towards like lagers. I kind of yeah. like beer flavored beer sometimes. Yeah. But that's just my opinion is I probably would if I had to choose. Sure. Yeah. I would go with just give me the. the Brian, I notice a shit eating grin on your face. Yeah. Do you no, have, it's, uh, it's not. <laughs> Usually my answers are so long-winded with everything that my wife's always like nudging me, like speed it up, speed it up. And I'm like, this answer could be about a 15 minute answer for me. So I'm like, how do I really just tell this? But no, I think, uh, I think for me, if I had to choose, it would be the fruited. Okay. Only because I would say that, um, I don't know. I probably just have to be a little bit more of a certain mood for that um, unfruited, you know, kind of get your mind in a certain zone where you're just ready to just get your mind blown and appreciate it. Whereas the, you know, the fruited one uh, may be just a little bit easier to appreciate on a, on a regular basis, I guess. I don't know if that's, if you compare that to like a really good Pilsner versus a, a really good double dry hopped IPA or something. I don't know, but, um, so I don't know. I, you know, when, <laughs> when we go back to some of the shares we've had, I mean, that Lente, uh, Dree Fontaine, we decanted it and I mean, hands on head. Maybe that was the life changing <laughs> moment to you to the non-fruited. So I mean, 
that was and shout out to uh to friend pat if he listens uh but that was such a special beer and that's one that i'll, I'll never forget um you know and and then the uh the the zena the frontera we had um also non-fruited uh it was in like uh solera barrels so maybe that's a little bit somewhere in between but um no, that, that's a non-fruited special. Beer, I mean. Super special. Yeah. Uh, over the summer, we had a we had a, a, a socially distanced share at Evans, where we had like a fifteen-year-old fruited uh, cantillo. Uh, the Lou Pepe. Lou Pepe, I believe it was Creek, but maybe it was Framboise. I think it was Creek because I think I remember talking about it. It was Creek, and um, you know, it wasn't super sweet. You got all that lambic flavor and. I don't know. So it's just tough. Um, those, and obviously those are some really, really elite ones. And so sure. if, you, if you dial it down to the non-elite ones, um, the fruit probably is too sweet and you'd prefer unfruited, but just thinking through that, it's just kind of like, Oh, it's just, it's just tough. But when we're, you know, when we're together um, and we've got a really, really nice straight Lambic um, that's got some age on it. I mean, it's hard to beat drinking one of those with a, a great group of guys. I mean, it's, it's really, really enjoyable. So yeah. can't go wrong either way. Um, but uh, I do have a seven year Udgu's vintage ready for you, Charles. So um, it's resting on its side whenever we can uh, have a safe get together, hopefully this summer. And um, yeah. Udgu's from who? Uh, Udgu's vintage from uh, Cantillon. Okay. I believe right. 2014. Well, don't you dare open that if I'm not. I will not. I will not. <laughs> what's what's the Baroxilla we have? That's Cantillon. That's Champagne yeast, but that would be an unfruited Lambic as well. What year is that? Uh, 80s? 2018. 90s? Oh, 2018? I thought it was older than that. Well, I think they... I think they released it like the Lambic was from a while back, but they but did they released it in 18 campaign yeast to be kind of a variant and released it. I think it came out only a few years ago. I'll double check on that. Yeah. Well, I know we've all, I mean, there's always lots of, I think straight up non-fruited. I was, it's like, it's like comparing non adjunct stouts to adjunct stouts. I mean, would you have rather have an excellent <clears throat> non-adjunct barrel-aged stout or a heavily adjunct barrel-aged stout? And I mean, wouldn't we all agree now that we would have the non-adjunct stout? I would. I mean, I think as long as as long as you get it from somebody who does it well, Toppling Goliath, yeah, Side sure. Project. I mean, they make the adjunct to hell stouts just like you know just quiver in their pants like they're yeah. so good and they're or or weldworks you know like you take a a weldworks barrel aged stout that's not uh, what is it is it just a regular media noche yeah media noche some media noche so phase just, three minutia that's a special not adjunct one i don't know if you absolutely that's a special one i mean you may you may find me take a good you know pilsner or lager over double dry hopped IPAs for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. A beer flavored beer. On my Deeth Weaver, <laughs> non-adjuncted stout. You know, I mean. In the uh, end, I think, yeah, in the end, we still want to drink beer. We, exactly. And it's been a journey, you know, like, and I, I was never into like uh, Miller Lite. I didn't get into beer till I was 30 and I had my first porter. From uh, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter from uh, Oh, that's a good one. I was thirty years old and what I hated beer. My whole Great Lakes. What a great had, one to turn you turn you over. And you know, it's as we've gone through the various iterations of American beer in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, it's been fun to see all the crazy flavors that people have done and, and all that. But at the end of the day, the stout wasn't broken. The lambic wasn't broken, and you know they've been doing fruited lambics for a long time. That that may not not be apples to apples, but um, you know a, a, a well made beer will always beat uh, the the gimmicky beer, right? You know, 
And yeah. to me, the whoever first dropped a cherry into the lambic and, and made a creek, maybe the first beer gimmick. I'm gonna say it. You can quote me on this. Four hundred um, years ago, probably was. <laughs> yeah, they made the lambic first before they made the creek. I, I'm sure of that. So you know, again, just an unpopular beer opinion of mine that I think that, uh, and I think you guys can appreciate that. As I think it's guys more popular than you think. You've been telling me about, you know, what is it? The what's that Pilsner out of Texas for? Oh, Live Oak. Live Oak. Yeah, Live Oak. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah. So you guys have been telling me about this, and I, I'm coming around on it. I, I'm just, <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny. I was talking to Ryan, a friend of mine, accidentally aged beers that shouldn't be aged in his basement for like eight years. And he's like, I should throw these away, right? And I'm like, you know what? Bring them to me. Rather than waste them, bring I'm, I'm interested to see what these beers are like now. And I had a bomber of 2014 Firestone Walker DBA, which is a 5% pale ale aged on oak, like just regular oak, no the bourbon barrel or anything, from you know 2014. And I figured I'd taste a little bit of it and pour it out. That is such a finely crafted beer. I drank the whole bomber. A, it's hilarious that they put a bomber of a 5% pale ale out, but um, yeah, they, did do they a made that beer so right. good. I wound up drinking the whole thing. It was delicious. Like there, there's a, a well-made regular beer is, is about as good as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that pillow you're having from your buddy right now. <laughs> So, Charles, give us your, maybe this is the unfruited Lambic uh, four-pack, but four-pack, Desert Island four-pack. You got to drink the same four beers, last four beers. Doesn't have to be a particular type, you know, like specific beer. It could be a style. Well, it's funny. I I was thinking uh, recently, one time I was on a random... I guess it was a proto Zoom call. When I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, there was a Bourbon County event at a bar where Greg Hall was on like a big screen and taking questions from the audience at this bar. I won't get into it, but uh, it was just, they were introducing Bourbon County to Omaha, Nebraska. And- uh, How long ago was this? When did you live in Omaha? I lived in Omaha in like 2013. Yeah, this was like at the start of all this. Yeah. In 2013, I ran a movie theater in Omaha, Nebraska. Little known fact about me. Um, and uh, they, Bourbon County came out there. I actually did, could did get you run everything. The, did you run the Dundee Theater? No, no. It was uh, Great Escapes Theater in Omaha, okay. in a pretty bad part of town. They've since been bought out by one of the uh, conglomerates. Uh, very interesting time in my life, and I'll show you my diary entries about it sometime. But uh, Sorry, I digress. Anyways, so, you know, I could get, you know, four packs of coffee at the store as many as I wanted. Stupidly, I bought like two. But uh, anyways, they had this event where Greg Hall talked to people in the bar. They had like uh, him on a camera and with a mic. And, he t- and, and I asked him, I said, what's the best beer you've ever had? And he talked about a brewery he had worked in in England um prior to goose island where he had cut his teeth as a brewer and they made a barley wine there that it was the best barley wine that he had ever had and he said he went back to visit and he went after he got off the plane he went straight there because he heard the barley wine was there it's small batch it's a pub they make it themselves and they were out of the barley wine they had just run out when he got there and he said he was so he wanted it so bad. They said there's probably some in the runoff, you know, at the under the underneath a draft pour. There's like where that catches the beer. Yeah. He drank the like garbage beer because it had some of the barley wine in it. That's how badly he had wanted this beer. The epitome of so, drugs. Knowing his pedigree and how great his barley wine was for Goose Island back in the day. Boy, I'd love to have a four pack. Of that. I'd love to just taste that barley wine once. 
and uh, whatever else traditional styles they have. If I could have a mixed four pack crowler from their drought lifts, drought list, or whatever, <laughs> that, that's my desert island. <laughs> that's great. That's a great answer. <laughs> I think about that story he told once every couple months, and that, that's like become my white. I don't even know the name of the pub, I don't know if it exists anymore. But I remember him telling that story. I was just like transfixed by the passion he had for that beer. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we um, thank you for joining us. I know that um, people's attention span usually doesn't last more than the 55 to 60 minutes on any podcast. So we might as well wrap things up, but appreciate you joining us and drinking with us, talking beer and um, cheers. We'll see you hopefully sometime soon, maybe even this summer. It's a great honor for me to be on the lowest rated, the lowest watched Pints and Provisions podcast of all time. <laughs> <laughs> put put an know. asterisk cheers. on it. <laughs> cheers. All right, cheers. Evan, you're out.